deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I yeah, I, I detect in your voice that you you nearly caught me slipping there. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it was. I I you know I'm usually usually the uh, main episode intro is so stuck in my mind I almost do it on the common room, but I I nearly I nearly biffed it that time. You almost did a, a let's get ready to rumble is what it sounded like. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yes, I nearly I I nearly became a a, a boxing announcer um, <laughs> for for Harry Potter stuff. I I you know what? Maybe episode what? We're on this will be 107, 108. Uh-huh. Maybe time to mix it up. Maybe I'll start maybe I'll start uh, uh, changing the intro up a little bit and uh and and, and giving it a little bit of uh, referee flair. Yeah. Well, um t- time out. Uh <laughs> Can't bo- time out on Twitter, except it's the opposite. It's time. What do you say when it's like time back on? Time. Time game, go. <laughs> time. We, neither of us watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is difficult. Uh, t- uh, t- t- game set and match. Nope, that's the end of. Hustle I nearly up. said golf. That's the end of tennis. Hustle up. Every- hustle up, everybody. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Twitter is like a sport. Um, there's that, what, what's that, what's that great, that great tweet someone posted a while back about how every, every day of on Twitter is like a game and the goal is to not be the main character. Um, are there main characters in games? Mm -hmm. The main, my favorite position, the the main character of the football team. This is a disaster. This is frankly a disaster. (laughs) Uh, Sports metaphors are usually, for for nearly every other podcast, probably, sports metaphors are just such an easy go-to. Not for us. We started, I started, we started with boxing. We got to, I said a tennis thing. Mm. Uh, don't know, don't know what the rest of that was. I don't, I don't know enough sports. Um, but uh, we're really showing our asses here on this one. We got to get to the news fast. <laughs> We've got to get to the news, um, which is luckily going to carry us uh, for quite a while here. We have a lot to talk about because J.K. Rowling is back on Twitter and will not stop posting. It has been surreal we are living in surreal times already i don't want to talk about that i just (laughs) want to have it be the background um Mm -hmm. that that things are surreal um and and i have to say one of the the things for me is and and we've talked about it um about how jk rowling is a poster right yeah as far yeah. as like celebs posting goes, there's like varying amounts of like engagement and stuff, but she is just a she she posts a lot. And I knew that intellectually. Mm-hmm. But I forgot what it was like because she is just back to normal. Right. I mean so the the thing with JK Rowling is that you get the vibe from her that like I, I, I maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but but this is just something I I have always felt about J.K. Rowling, 
is that if she had not found the like crazy success with Harry Potter that she did, mm-hmm. she would be uh, like more in that like low to middle tier of online author like E.L. James, mm-hmm. who were like forum bigwigs who like got a novel published, right? Sure. And that's not, I, I don't mean that as, like, a knock against the idea of being a foreign bigwig who gets a novel published, but, like, like that is just so not who she is as, as a person. Her success came very fast and was, like, monumental, right? Mm-hmm. But she retained the poster's brain. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they hit that, I, I think generally, not, 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 not all the time, but I'd say generally, I think the when you get your millionth dollar, you forget how to post. Um, Cause it's no longer a, like, uh, 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 it's no longer an essential life skill for you. God, I don't know how to post and I don't even have a million dollars. That's not true. You know how to post. You just don't. Mm. That's different. You just choose not to. <laughs> yeah. That does sound better. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, but JK Rowling, behaves like and posts like a dyed in the wool capital p poster um but we had been deprived of that behavior for nearly two years uh at this point when we started this podcast i think i think our like initial like analysis of jk rowling as a poster happened in like the first year of episodes on this show when she was still you know, occasionally tweeting every now and then and, and, and talking about stuff. And and now that she's been gone for so long and has suddenly come back, it is it's been really hard to adjust. Yeah, I still follow her. I didn't <laughs> I didn't remember what it was like. And and of course yeah. Twitter waits what you see on your timeline, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. because she didn't post for a while and because her posts are... I mean, there's also the ensuing frenzy of people, right? Because yeah. she's quote-tweeting people, she's replying to RP accounts, um, replying to people posting their sad slash sweet slash, you know, like emotional stories. So there is right. a, a feeding frenzy on every single one of her posts. So of course the Twitter engagement, it like forces it into my feed constantly. <laughs> um, and yeah, there are so I many, it's like good, I, good morning post quote, tweet, like news story post quote, tweet, like RP account posts. She posted twice in the last hour. It is yeah. so much. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I, I think it is, you know, a part of it is that we are not used to her posting like this. It's been a while. I think also there is an element to it where it is actually a little different this time uh, in that she's not um, posting the exact same way that she used to, which was, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this at length because it was so fucking funny, but like she would just <laughs> like, she would just do like declarative statements, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like she would, she, she would write a poem about how Jeremy Corbyn who hated Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and then post that and then like not respond to anything unless it was, uh, uh, someone criticizing her in which case she'd threaten them with a lawsuit. Right. Like uh-huh. she, she wasn't engaged with people. She was just high volume of posts. Right. Um, 
this new JK Rowling, like this this new season of JK Rowling content, <laughs> let's call it, uh-huh. is so saccharine and uh like she's she like she's retweeting cat videos. She's telling people with Potterhead in their bio, like, hello, it's me, JK Rowling. I hope you have a great day and you're staying inside, right? Like it's it's so th- there was honestly like I, I I would say like the first day this was going on, I had my doubts that it was actually her, mm-hmm. um, because it was so sanitized and like you know the few times that she has come back to Twitter recently before this stint of of like normie posting was so like vile and uh, you know confrontational. Uh, and, and her old posts even before that were very, she had a very, you know, high-minded way of posting, you know, lots of, I'm putting periods on the end of every tweet and I'm, I'm tweeting with most impeccable grip. Like it was really, (laughs) she had a real air to the, her posts. Sure. And the, this new, new, let's call it new, new rolling, Mm. uh, uh, um, uh, rolling 2.0 is here. And is just sort of like typing like a normal person, um, and uh, just sort of giving these like platitudes about staying safe and and how much she loves her dog and and whatnot. And it was it's it has such a different vibe where I was just like, this can't be her, right? But it definitely is. Yeah, I think it is because I think that there's still an edge of of her voice coming through, but it definitely mm-hmm. is different. Something that you said to me was that she's acting like she's like positivity posting to like bury her bad posts, but like yes. a year later. And it's so, right. it's so like that. That is, that is my theory on this is, is, is anyone who, who is uh, like us uh, uh, has the poster's brain and the poster's heart knows that when someone gets ratioed on something or whatever, uh, or if they get called out, if they get yelled at online, uh, the, the, the default response, a lot of people will go to is to just make a flurry of unrelated posts to push it down the timeline so no one sees it, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Like, classic behavior. You can find someone doing it every day. Um, but the the thing about that that's so funny is that, like, she has neither deleted those posts uh, or unliked them or anything, nor has she addressed it at all. And also, like you say, it is a year too late like like (laughs) what you do you do that you you can't post through it a year later right like like everyone knows everyone saw it before yeah the discourse has lived and died yeah yeah we were tired of it i i was i got to the point where i was just you know I'm, i'm not even like screenshotting the specific dumb shit she's liking or tweeting anymore i just post a picture of a spray bottle like you know just it's not like news anymore right right yeah it's it's so it's very weird um but yeah i'm not used to i had to turn i had notifications on um to to have it yell at me uh uh you know whenever jk rowling tweeted because it used to be so rare for a while Mm -hmm. but i got woken up in the middle of the night by like you know, a bunch of loud beeps because she uh, uh, told told a, a Snape role player that uh, she loves him and she hopes he has a good day. Right. I'm like, this isn't what I want. This is not what I was hoping for. Uh, it's uh, 
it's tricky. I don't know. Like it, it's it's we're we're in a we're in a brave new world here with JK Rowling content. All the RP accounts are in like an arms race to see who can make the best the best post to get quote tweeted. Oh, it's miserable. It's uh, every like every post has like hundreds of replies of people either showing her their very realistic pencil drawings uh, of, of Harry Potter characters or telling her their story about how they read Harry Potter as a kid and it meant so much to them. And, and everyone is just angling for that, that retweet, <coughs> that, that fave. Um, it, it is, it is truly incredible. Um, it is the replies. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you'll always, you'll, you'll always see like, there, there are like definitely characters on Twitter. Um, that like all will always appear in celebrity mentions. You know that we've got. There's the classic. You know you've got the Trump repliers. Yeah. Um. You've got the Anne with an E fans who want you to make a post about Anne with an E. Mm-hmm. Um. There are the uh 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 people who have. Th- th- oh, my favorite character who is appearing in the J.K. Rowling mentions mm-hmm. is the uh uh cosplayer who has one photo shoot that they are sending to every single person involved with the uh, the property and asking them to retweet it. Mm-hmm. Like, unrelated to the actual <laughs> content of the post. Just, just they're, they're, like, it, it, they'll say, like, wow, that's so great. Hey, I did a cosplay of this character. Would you mind retweeting it? And it's just, like... I, have have some dignity. Also, all of all of the J.K. Rowling replies have been storing all of their creative projects up over the past whatever year <laughs> that she hasn't been posting, <laughs> yeah. and they're all quote tweeting them all in the replies. In all of the replies, hey, here's this ca- here's this snitch cake I made from 2017. <laughs> Retweet it. Like it is. I, like I know that she always had those repliers. All of those people were already there, but it's like they all had to just like store up. <laughs> Like Dragon well, Ball Z were... style, and are like <laughs> releasing it in her replies, and it is so much. Well, well the problem is, is that she's encouraging them because she is engaging with those posts. No, now, I know it's did. like it's like a lottery yeah. in the replies. Yeah, it's like, she never who, did who's before. Gonna, who's gonna who's gonna pull the golden ticket and get the quote retweet? <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely making a face at a few of our uh, most beloved harry potter content creators oh god me too i am really like i shouldn't i should have expected it but yeah. i am quite quite disappointed i'm in, disappointed in no them. not naming any names but no. there are definitely some there are definitely some people you know uh, uh who are uh in, involved in the harry potter fandom that we enjoy keeping tabs on just just you know keeping the pulse on the fandom or whatever who I th- was very uh, surprised feels like a meaner word than I mean, but like I was, I was happy to see them speaking out when JK Rowling went, f- you know, took the mask off a few months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're all back at it again. Like, like they're just tripping over themselves to try and get a, a, a retweet. Um, and that's a bummer. It's like okay, I guess I guess you were an ally for exactly what six weeks, uh, uh, eight weeks. Uh, uh, not exactly inspiring. 
I mean, I guess J.K. Rowling really kind of flawlessly pulled off whatever weird plan this was, um, because yeah. I'm, I'm like trying to track the timeline, and, and and you know, back when she was posting before, you're you're right, her posts like were pretty like bitter and and angry a lot of the time, and I wouldn't be surprised if if the answer to why she left Twitter was like actually pretty mundane, which is that I'm posting angry stuff, people are getting mad at me. This is no fun, right? right? I'm leaving Twitter forever. Yeah. And then and then she went mask off because she felt like she had to say something, right? Like mm-hmm. felt felt like it was her, you know, I, that was I a good use of her power yeah, or whatever, wh- whatever her reach. Whatever yeah. the fuck that was about. Um and now she is like, I'm just gonna be positive on Twitter and it's just gonna be fun again. And now she's posting. <laughs> New um, year, new me. And and that has worked, apparently. So Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's 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 weird. It's unsettling. Um and it's it's weird because you know, I, I it, she she's at least this is this is the 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 nicest thing I can say about it. You know, at least she is speaking out in support of uh, of the NHS and and you know encouraging people to stay home and, and whatever. Like she's at least like not she hasn't like uh, uh, contracted like uh, uh, Corona conspiracy brain about mm-hmm. this, right? Right. Which you know is a very 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 low bar, but with celebrities you never know, right? Um, and uh, but it's it's still just so weird to see her posting like this in this context now when like you think about all the stuff that has passed like in the time that she's been gone mm-hmm. like in, in in not just like uk news but like the world right uh her coming back this being the thing that gets her back on twitter is uh uh is crazy um uh you know like she she's she's happy to sit out of the election uh, she's, she's happy to have not commented on U.S. politics this whole time, but, uh, but having to, there, th- this is my theory, is that, um, this was never going to happen, but because everyone has to stay at home, one, she's bored, and, and two, her assistant probably can't, uh, uh, come over and take her phone away at the beginning of every day, mm-hmm. which is probably what was happening, you know, like there was probably someone whose job it was to 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 you know bring J.K. Rowling her Starbucks or whatever, and then say, okay, I'm putting your phone in the safety box until you know until it's time for bed, and then you can take it out and want you know you can favorite one transphobic post, and you can watch three funny cat videos, and then I'm putting it back in the box. <laughs> like that was that's probably someone's job. Yeah, and also I feel like probably WB has uh, bigger things to worry about right now. Let's say yeah, yeah, than keeping her yeah on 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 a on a a, you know under watch. Um, So yeah, so that that has been surreal, but it has all culminated because you know last week we talked about how she had allowed she she was uh, uh, allowing teachers to read to their students online without suing them. Can we? Um, can we find the document and talk about some of the funny details in the requirements for that? Yeah, let's. I, so where can I find it? I guess I'll go to her Twitter account. To be fair to her, I am sure she did not have that much control over this, right? Yeah, like the, I'm, the lawyers poured over this for sure, but that, I'm, that I'm is sure a the monster of her own creation. I'm sure the publisher wouldn't just say like, "Oh yeah, you can release them all for free to everyone." Um, yeah, but the details here are really funny, and I want to read. Um, 
some of my favorite. Um, yeah. Please do not amend or abridge the text of any of the Harry Potter books when reading the stories in the video recordings, if possible. <laughs> Please don't share full videos on social, but we encourage you to share links to the videos or video previews no longer than 30 seconds. No longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> on your social channels to raise awareness. <laughs> Videos or video previews no longer than 30 seconds on your social channels to raise awareness. Repul raising awareness. Raising is, awareness of what? Oh, yeah. I think we should put a pin in raising awareness here because this week's broader news about this initiative um, is so funny. We're going to be light. so aware by the time this news segment is over. I'll just yeah, say that. And, and what are we going to be aware of? Are we going to be aware of, you know... Uh, 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 the situation with with uh, the healthcare system. Are we going to be aware of uh, of you know uh, uh, best practices while while we are all trying to do our best to uh, stem a global pandemic? Well, no, we're going to be aware of the brand Harry Potter. Isn't that uh, crazy? That's crazy. We're introducing Harry Potter at home. This was published on April first, but no, it is not a joke. <laughs> We know that everyone is trying to keep safe at home at the moment, and so, with J.K. Rowling and our friends at Audible, Bloomsbury, Overdrive, Pottermore Publishing, and Scholastic, we are delighted to introduce Harry Potter at home to help children, parents, carers, and teachers add a touch of Harry Potter magic to our new daily lives. That is so are dystopian. Are we sure this isn't a joke? <laughs> it is not a joke. It's so bad. Um, here's everything you need to know about Harry Potter at home. Some new ways to bring the magic closer to you, all specially created by different members of our wide wizarding, wizarding world family. For over 20 years now, Hogwarts has been an escape for all. For readers and fans, young and old, during the strange times we now find ourselves in, we want to welcome you back to Hogwarts, where you will find a friendly retreat for you, your family, and those you are caring for. Over 500 million Harry Potter books have been sold across the globe, so it's comforting to know many homes already have a door to the Wizarding World waiting to be opened once again. And for those who've never visited the Wizarding World before, welcome! Our new Harry Potter at Home project is very much a team effort combining the resources of Harry Potter UK and US publishers, uh, Pottermore Publishing, leading spoken word producer and provider Audible, library supplier Overdrive, and of course our own magic makers here at WizardingWorld.com. So... What exactly is Harry Potter at home and how can you get involved? We're pleased to say in all sorts of ways. Um, so this is the, like the article that is like the launch pad for this thing. right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I will read the rest of this article and, and tell you like, you know what it says this thing is. And then I'm going to share what the website currently actually is. Uh, because they seem to be operating on completely different wavelengths here. Mm -hmm. Many teachers around the world have already been in touch. One said, this is amazing. I started reading book one to my second graders about a month ago. I was worried we wouldn't be able to finish. Now I can finish reading it to them. Uh, another added, thanks, J.K. Rowling. I'm a teacher of English in France and suggested my pupils read the Potter books in these dark times. I'm twice as grateful for the world you've created. 20 years later, it is still a safe place for me. Uh, here is maybe the big, I, I think this is the most substantial thing. And this is the thing that we, we said they should do last week uh, when we were making fun of the, the, the teacher streaming thing. 
Um, and they got one out of seven here. The first Harry Potter audiobook is free for everyone. Um, if you sign up for Audible. Um, <laughs> you know. Oh. Uh, so not a not a weird uh, uh, marketing opportunity at all. Big thank you to our friends at Audible who invite you to listen to the first Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, as many times as you like in the coming weeks. This is one of many classic books that will be available on Audible's new platform, stories.audible.com, which is the initiative they're launching uh, uh, right now. Take a look and see what you can find. The first Harry Potter book will be available to listen for free in six different languages, which is great. Um, so that's something, I guess. Uh, one one out of seven books ain't bad. Um it's probably the best one. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> uh, and then here's here's the thing that I want to focus on, which is visiting the new Harry Potter at Home hub. Here on wizardingworld.com, we've built a dedicated space for you to visit, which we'll be updating all the time for your enjoyment. This special hub is where you'll find all the latest things to keep you occupied, from special activity kits to nifty magical craft videos uh, and then in brackets, teach your friends how to draw a Niffler, <laughs> which we'll get we'll, we'll get to later. Um, fun articles, quizzes, puzzles, and more. Now let's let's think. Let's rack our brains here real quick. Activity kits, craft videos, fun articles, quizzes, puzzles, and more. Does that ring a bell to you? That sounds really familiar. I don't know where I might go if I wanted to find any of those things related to Harry Potter. Yeah, it's crazy that they have, in a week, put thrown all this stuff together. Uh, I don't want to alarm you with this shocking revelation that so far, the Harry Potter at Home hub is just a uh, new landing page for Pottermore. This is the funniest thing that's happened to me in my entire life. Like, it's seeing so this good. news, like, saw it first thing in the morning on Twitter, and I was like, what the hell is this? And then it just <laughs> linked me to Pottermore. It's, okay, it is literally Potter, like, you go to the page, we will, we will be doing a deep dive on this uh, in our third segment, um, but just as, <laughs> as a tantalizing taste, uh, if you go to the wizardingworld.com website and then go to the Harry Potter at home thing... It is, it is just a, it is Harry, wizardingworld.com slash collections slash Harry Potter at home, which takes you to the Harry Potter at home page, which is what they link on JK Rowling's Twitter and the Wizarding World account and stuff saying that this is the new initiative. So the top thing is the article I just read. Uh, and then there are five little articles, which I will save uh, for the third segment because they are very special on their own. <laughs> and then you scroll down past that. And it is uh, a big register now button for wizardingworld.com so you can discover your Hogwarts house and your wand and stuff, which has existed on this website since the dawn of time. Uh, it is not new, it has nothing to do with a, a new initiative. Um, it is just a new landing page they have created to take you to the existing marketing website for <laughs> Harry Potter. So. 100% what happened is that they sat in a room, or I guess in a Zoom meeting or whatever, mm -hmm. and were like, how can we use this global crisis as advertising? <laughs> I know. <laughs> how about we do a soft relaunch of the new Wizarding World site? <laughs> that we just did a soft relaunch of, like, earlier this year. They kind of... They kinda, they kinda, 
fifth the the <laughs> first relaunch of Pottermore. So what if what if we what if we try that one again? <laughs> yeah, because again, so you scroll down past the big register now button, and it takes you to the word search, which is the thing from Wizarding World Gold, right? Uh, then there's another button that says puzzles, which takes you to the, the you know, the classic Pottermore puzzles that we all know and love. Uh, and then another big button for the quizzes, which take you to the quizzes, we, we, which we did one of them last week, right? We did the Dobby one. Those are not new. Those have existed for a long time. It's bizarre. I, I don't know why they lay, because like, you know, I, t- I'm snarky about the like, releasing the first book for free thing but it's it's something right like uh, like uh, like granted like you have to sign up for an audible account it's basically marketing for audible um you know first against the wall when the revolution comes and all that but like it's at least at at the bare minimum like here is some content for you to, to here's something for you to do with minimal strings attached this isn't this is just like like come to, come to our marketing website like the, the, you don't even get a book out of this you just get to like participate in their you know data vacuuming uh initiative <laughs> it's, yeah it's like hey pa- hey parents your kids kids stuck at home because they're not in school how about sitting them in front of some advertisements yeah. they're free <laughs> <laughs> they've, and they've always existed um yeah, the uh, that 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 vibe will will become all the weirder and grosser in our third segment when I read you the the five articles they have like concocted specifically for this because they are all aimed squarely at children, and it's it's just kind it's just evil, <laughs> you know it's, you know like it's, it's pretty amazing um, that because I, I agree with you I think the like making the first audiobook available for free. I think that's that's great, right? Like, yeah. I think like that's, I like whatever. I, like I can I can be snarky about how you get it, but like I understand that because of the society we live in, you know, uh, Joker Joker voice, you have to jump through some shitty company related hoops to get that out to people, right? Yeah, I, I, I get it. And it's like this it only takes hand. a little drop of blood to get your free audiobook here, <laughs> um, but that's that's to be expected. Um, but. I feel like the wider Harry Potter franchise, which I would like to like bring up that it's it's not it's not just books, right? It's it is movies, it's toys, it's video games, it's it is it is a true franchise. Yeah. I feel like it gets to trade on and fly under the radar of like advertising is maybe, you know, not great. It it gets to just kind of like put on the disguise of the books are good. Right, yes. and then get away oh, yeah. with everything else. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a. It is a. It is a multimedia empire um, that gets to trade on being culture, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's it, it, it's ludicrous, right? Because like it is, uh, it really does go back to to your whole thing about the the uh, you know, going back to I think maybe our first episode of this entire podcast, the idea that like reading books has such an elevated uh, uh, perception in culture for whatever reason mm-hmm. that it is not viewed in the same way as any other media format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I... 
I just can't imagine anyone letting this fly if it was like Star Wars, right? Like even even something as huge as Star Wars, um, I think people will go like, now hang on a minute. If they did a like Star Wars for kids at home thing that took you to that tried to egg you on into uh, uh, buying Star Wars movies, right? Like in in the name of like, oh, this is helping the crisis or whatever. They should do that. They should um, make a Star, <laughs> Star Wars hub, um, and <laughs> they've made. Um, <laughs> Force Unleashed 2 for free, available on <laughs> Xbox Arcade. Maybe they have, I don't know. But, <laughs> but like, I, I just, the, there is, yeah, it, it, this is trading on a particular cultural cachet that is, that really makes me feel like I have the, the They Live goggles on, right? Just like, uh, like, how, how does no one see how weird this is? Yeah. Anyway, I can't wait to dig into the um, uh, uh, the 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 light reading, as they put it on here, in our uh, in our third segment. But I think we should probably uh, 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 get to our main chapter for the week. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this week we read chapter twenty five. It is called "The Seer Overheard," um, and we're if we remember from last week, um, Harry and Ginny. Uh, kissed and they're gonna go make out and so we're catching right back up with Harry um, who is relieved and and very happy that he's dating Ginny and Ron's okay with it and and luckily the school is gossiping more about Harry's dating life than they are um, him chopping up Malfoy with sword spell in the bathroom um, Ron's being pretty cool about it um, uh, and Harry's just kind of in a great mood. Like things, you know, things are on his mind. He's a little stressed out, but it's it's hard just because he's spending all of his spare moments uh, with Ginny, and that's just a a, a real neat thing. But uh, exams are fast approaching, and he's realizing that he's not going to have as much spare time as he used to. Um, in the common room one day, um, as he he's studying, um, Hermione approaches Harry and is like, "We need to talk. We have to talk." about the Half-Blood Prince book, because Harry is still kind of defending it a little bit. Um, he's saying it's it's not necessarily evil. He wants to go back to the Room of Requirement and, and get it again. Uh, and she says that he shouldn't. It's evil. Um, and she thinks that she found out who, who the book was owned by um, and shows him a newspaper clipping that she found um, in the, like, school archives of a woman or, or I guess a girl that was uh, and it's a picture from her time at Hogwarts and her name was Eileen Prince um, and the other detail I guess a couple of details is that she's like kind of not very attractive and also uh, was a gobstones champion and that's why she was in the school paper um, Harry disagrees says it couldn't have been her I can tell the half-blood prince wasn't a girl uh, and Harry and Hermione get in a little fight about that. Um, she kind of calls him out and is like, you know, you just think that because you don't think a girl could be this smart. And he just is like, well, then, but I've been friends with you. So, of course, I think girls are smart. Um, but Harry, Harry won't hear it. He's going to get the book back. He knows he knows it's not a girl. 
I guess. Um, but just at that moment, Jimmy Peaks arrives to give Harry a scroll, and it's from Dumbledore saying to to go to Dumbledore's office immediately. And Harry realizes that he's going to go on on the the quest with Dumbledore uh, to get the Horcrux, and so Harry rushes off. Uh, but on his way to Dumbledore's office, he hears a scream and a crash, and runs into Professor Trelawney. Um, who was trying to hide her sherry bottles in the room of requirement in the the hidden room. But when she tried to go in, uh, she, someone was already in there. And when she called out to them, um, they turned all the lights off and kicked her out. Um, Harry knows that was a Malfoy. Trelawney also says that, you know, wh- whoever it was, was um, celebrating or being like, whooping, whoop, whooping I th- is, is what it says in there. Um, and so Harry realizes that Malfoy has done whatever bad thing that he was he's trying to do. So he convinces Trelawney to go to Dumbledore's office to tell him uh, about about her story. But on the way, she also just keeps talking and mentions her interview with Dumbledore for her teaching position because she's a little drunk and just kind of chatty. Um, and also mentions that Snape was also interviewing for a job that same day, was in the Hogshead pub and overheard her interview. And it is that moment that Harry puts two and two together and realizes that Snape was the one that overheard the prophecy and brought it to Voldemort. And so Harry is super duper pissed and he leaves Trelawney behind, runs to Dumbledore, ready to confront him. Um, Dumbledore says to him, okay, I found a Horcrux. Want to come with me? Harry immediately forgets about his other thing. Um, <laughs> but Dumbledore sees that he's upset and is like, what's wrong? And, and Harry's like, you, Snape betrayed my parents. He told Voldemort the prophecy. He's the reason my parents are dead. And Dumbledore says, yeah, but he's sorry about it. And Harry says, I don't care. I think he's bad. I think you're wrong. And Dumbledore scolds him like always, and basically says, well, do you want to come with me or not? And Harry is torn, but he's like, yeah, I do want to come with you. So he leaves. Um, and this is also after Dumbledore is like, no, Mal- like I'm not interested in Malfoy's thing still. I hear what you say, but I don't care. So Harry runs off. He goes to get the invisibility cloak, but he also brings uh, Ron and Hermione the, luck, the remainder of the luck potion and the Marauder's map and says, you need to get the DA together. I'm going on a quest with Dumbledore. So you have to protect the school. Malfoy did whatever thing that he was going to do. Um, say goodbye to Ginny for me. And then Harry meets up with Dumbledore. They go to the Hogshead. And then they apparate away to the cave where the Horcrux is. And that's the end of the chapter. Thank you so much for uh, doing... I mean, thank you every week for mm. doing uh, uh, a lovely recap mm. of the chapter we just read. Thank, but thank you. Thank you particularly this week. Mm. Because I've read this chapter three times and I kept forgetting stuff. It is it is like trying to hold water in your cupped hands, and <laughs> and you can't you just can't you can't hold hold that water in there. It's like trying to remember a dream throughout yeah. the next day. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a weird one. I um. Here's the thing. We I think that moving to one chapter a week has been very good for us overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, the chapters are getting longer more stuff is happening in them um and and i think that they it would be a disservice to the podcast and like maybe the books book itself even to to try and cram the amount of discussion that we do on one chapter and 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 do two these days right Uh um that being said this week was the one time in this book where I've been like, God, maybe we should have done two. 
Except that this is just as long as every other <laughs> chapter we've read this this book. That's okay. That's okay. I can't remember any. I just did my summary. I already can't remember anything that happened in the chapter. Um, but I do want to go through it and talk about every single stupid thing because I know yes, there's a yes. lot of it. This is this is if uh, um this I think my is just going to be this is just going to be a bitching session. This is going to be one of our one of our uh, one of our classic. Uh, uh, just just complaining about the chapter episodes. <laughs> I, think, I think we deserve it. Yeah, we've we've done so much. Hey, we got really heady and theological a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've been talking about themes and characters and facts a lot. I think it's time for us to just roll up our sleeves and complain. Let's All do some right. bitching, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It started off pretty strong, I thought. I was like, oh, more teen drama stuff. I liked the joke about um, Harry, like, Ginny telling uh, people that Harry had a hippogriff tattoo. But I didn't know who any of these characters were also. Yeah. No, I thought it was, like, this this book, I think, just just across the board, when when it finally settles down for a page or two and just writes a scene... Of the 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 teenagers being teenagers at school, it's delightful. Um, it, like she J.K. Rowling is so effortlessly good at that, um, which is a bummer because it seems like she has no interest in doing it in this in this book. Um, but it, yeah, no, it's it's a good start and it's very cute. I had something else to say about it, and just again, like water in my cup to hands. It is just leaving. We've got the tattoo. Ginny talks about the macho, macho tattoo. Uh, uh, Ron is being weird about kissing in public. Oh, oh! I wanted to talk about um, fame, which is a theme. Um, yes, and how every time it comes up. I think it's just one of the the most poorly established things that Harry deals with. Like the book keeps wanting to tell me that this is a conflict that he has, mm-hmm. but he never has to deal with it until it does like a summary where it's like, oh, and all of the all of the girls that had the hots for Harry are all disappointed because he's dating Ginny now. And I'm like, I don't know Ramilda Vane. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, who are all these girls? Like, like there was a part of me. There, there's that really funny part earlier this book that was like very unintentionally, uh, 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 like homoerotic. Where Harry was like, "Oh darn! Uh, whenever, whenever I walk past, girls suddenly uh, g- run under the mistletoe. Whatever it is, <laughs> they must like, be yeah. trying to kiss me. <laughs> no, the girls must be trying to kiss me, not each other. Yeah, like that was just really." And I know that that's not the intended reading, but I like sort of let that slide because like that was just so funny. Um, and there's 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 a similar unintended read possible here, which I think is it works. And this is certainly how I if I was if I was king of movies and I was making this into a movie, I would definitely lean into this like incorrect perception. Harry has that like oh it's 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 like every every sitcom thing does this right like oh as soon as I as soon as I get a girlfriend all the girls seem to be flirting with me which is not true <laughs> not how anything works but is is how a lot of teenagers perceive the world right um uh and and like that's kind of funny but this instead seems to be implying that there actually was like an army of girls just waiting to ask Harry out or whatever. Um, and, but 
but that's never been like an issue for him. He hasn't been like swatting girls away like flies or whatever. They don't exist in the story until now. There's just such a a bizarre primordial idea in the story that Harry's character is that he's so put upon by his fame and all he wants to be is is normal. And there's like that classic line where he's like, I'm just Harry and everyone calls him Harry Potter and stuff. But we haven't seen him deal with any of that or any of the consequences from that really since like book one when all the people at the Leaky Cauldron come to talk to him. Like it comes up, I think it comes up best in four and five like there's the i think the rita skeeter stuff aside from you know the obvious uh right. uh, our, our conspiracy theory about that but like like you know him having a reporter tailing him um uh, uh the people thinking he cheated his way into the tournament and then in book five everyone thinking he's crazy like th- there's at least previously been sort of an ambient uh, understanding of where Harry's status in the world is at any particular time. Mm-hmm. This book, we kind of don't have that. Like, like I think the one scene that we've gotten in this book that alludes to that is um, the Minister of Magic uh, coming and being a huge wuss at him in the garden and trying to get him to uh, show up at the ministry for the papers, right? Like, that kind of gets at this idea that like oh he's respected he's the chosen one now but like that's never it's not consequential to the story uh i mean i guess he gets invited to the slug club but that kind of kneecaps itself because like Ginny gets invited for being good like him seeing her do a good hex one time yeah yeah not not quite on the same level as being the boy who lived right like uh like the 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 gap uh, or I guess the the um the the requirements for getting into the slug club are just kind of Hermione whatever. gets to go because she has good grades, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that is that's kind of weird, I guess. But there's there's at least it, it's at least still just like it, it's so um it, it, it's just such a staple of like teen drama stuff that I I've sort of rolled with that part, you know. Yeah, I guess whenever it comes up, I'm just, it's like I have to remember that that's a thing for Harry that, that, again, yeah. because he has no internal life most of yeah. the time. It, it, it's and, and especially in this book, it's just not mattered at all that he is, it, to to this, like, this society, he is, like, the chosen saint. Like, he's just, apparently he is Jesus, uh, but, like, no one's really that concerned about it. Not enough to talk to him about it anyway. Right. Um, so, Hermione. Hermione. We've, we've, we've been leading up to this in the last, like, few episodes, I think. Because I think every episode I have this moment where I ask you, and I say, like, what does Hermione get to do in this book? <laughs> does her, do they give Hermione anything to do? Does Hermione do anything here other than date Ron or be jealous about Ron or, or hate Charge Lavender? Charge her phone, eat hot chip. And exactly. Why? Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I think we got our answer. Um, she does have her "I solved it" um, moment in this book, where she approaches yeah. Harry and says, "I solved it. Here's a newspaper clipping. Um, here is a character you've never heard the name of, um, and know nothing about. That's it." 
That's my that's my theory. Yeah, it is insane. It is um it's I don't want to say character assassination because one that's a little dramatic and two book five like upended the idea of Hermione having like any sort of consistent character already. But this book, I guess, was like an opportunity to course correct and it did not take it because Hermione in this book has like basically only existed to cry about Ron um, and and be a nag at Harry mm-hmm. about the Malfoy stuff. Right. And it's not led anywhere thematically. And and be mad that Harry has some notes in an old book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And to be weirdly somehow proven right just by the story existing the way it does and that like oh i guess there was an evil spell a sword spell in there which is <laughs> such a weird uh god the 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 whole the whole like mystery of this book relying on the idea that um students writing notes in the margins of their school books is it all unique or interesting is still one of the funniest p- parts of this story can't believe there would be sword spell in this book. This book was I, supposed to be my dad. Ah, oh, this book was supposed to be my dad, but it betrayed me. But this bizarre deduction that Hermione brings to Harry, which I let me find it because word for word, it is fucking insane. <laughs> uh, 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 let's see. Well, why not, Harry? There aren't any real princes in the Wizarding World. It's either a nickname. <laughs> A made-up title someone's giving themselves, or it could be their actual name. What the? Yeah, it's either a nickname or a real name. You got it. Like, like, like for it's indoor e- or outdoor either, use only. Like, it's either their name or not their name. Thank you, Hermione. Um, yeah, just <laughs> such a bizarre scene. Like, like, not out of character in the way Book Five was out of character for Hermione, in which you know she just became a monster randomly. Um, this is out of character for Hermione and that it's just dumb. Like this is just like, she's just straight up stupid in this scene. And I but, don't, but get... she's also like right and wrong, but yes. it's all in the dumbest way possible. Right. Because it's just a random person that she found and it's presented like it's a clue, but there's no clue here. Right. Like, unless I am extremely wrong, which I don't think I am because I, I pay very close attention to all of the like Snape lines in these books, but I'm pretty sure there's never been a part in like book two where Snape is like giving a lesson and he's like remembering and is like ta- talking about his mom. He's like, oh, my mom was really good at gobstones. I don't think that happened. There's no clue here. Yeah, it's it's a it's a stretch. It's a clue by coincidence. Um, and that like Hermione, I guess, found the correct lead on completely false pretenses. Um, and it, in a way that like kind of is a little head spinning of like, uh, 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 how, how did she land on this perfect thing? How, like, how did all these coincidences line up? Coincidence, coincidences lined up for a character to be wrong to get to sort of the right answer, but not really. Uh, yeah. 
which is a weird a, a weird way for a mystery to fall into place. Actually, the way I described it honestly makes it sound like a really good farce, but it's <laughs> but it's not that. Um, here's here's my uh, 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 here's here's my like this is less a rewrite and more of like a picture picture this. You're J.K. Rowling, and you need to find a way to wrap up this Half-Blood Prince mystery. Who wrote the book? How does it tie to Snape? How do we get the characters to find out it's Snape? Um, what if there was a whole wild goose chase throughout this whole book because Hermione found or remembered early on in the story that in the f- their first year, when there were other students being sorted, one of the names that got called out was Prince. Hmm. Now that didn't happen in book one. So you're JK rolling and you're kicking yourself going like, fuck, fuck, shit, fuck. I should have done that. Because I, I, I mean, obviously I planned this all along, but I didn't plan this part out. Uh-huh. Oops. Oops. Because um, I'm just like this. If you want to have the characters barking up the wrong tree, but like stumbling into the correct answer. Uh, I think that that works if you string it along as a real like red herring in a mystery. Right. And I, I feel like that's, what's missing here is that on paper, I'm not against Hermione accidentally finding a clue, but her just walking into the chapter after not talking about this and not being interested in this and, and just flatly avoiding dealing with this mystery, this whole book and saying, actually, here you go. Here's something you need to know. Uh, it's just kind of lame, uh, uh, both from uh, like the perspective of like writing a good mystery and also just like lame for Hermione as a character. It also doesn't really fit with what she is trying to convince Harry to do, which is, I think, to forget about the book, right? She thinks the book is bad. She thinks the book is evil. It has sword spell in it. Harry, yeah. don't, that book is not your dad. Don't get the book back, right? But right. To, but to her evidence or her like, her her weird intervention that he, that she has where he, she sits him down and is like okay here's why the book is bad look it's this person this random person we don't know don't know is good or bad it just doesn't like fit what she's trying to persuade him to do it's just yeah, like it's, extraneous information that also it's, it's not a clue and doesn't mean anything to us it's not like God, like, what if Harry, you know, this, this is cutting Hermione out of the picture, but what if Harry had, like, found out, found a bunch of, uh, um, like, reports about Eileen Prince doing bad shit as a teenager in the detention he's doing, and Snape's whole detention plan had kind of backfired on him? I still don't know why that scene is even there. Like nothing happened. It's so weird. Yeah. And it does feel like something was supposed to be there and is no, no longer. And so to have this reveal about this previous Hogwarts student that maybe did bad stuff or was maybe bad. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. I wonder if it was just something that her like, uh, Oh, Oh crap. I didn't give Hermione anything to do in this book. Yeah. There's like almost some like vestigial, like, Maybe there were some other bits of story that were supposed to go here things. Cause, cause yeah, it, it, this is so inelegant and so out of character for Hermione. It, it really feels like it had to be like, this has such like, this feels like a hole being plugged, right? 
mm-hmm. rather than like a, a a scene that was envisioned from the get go. Um, it's uh, it's 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 odd. It's it's extra depressing thinking. You know, I haven't skipped ahead, but I'm pretty sure this might be the last we see of Hermione in this book. Um, because Harry is going on a cave adventure, and then Dumbledore is going to die in the astronomy tower. And I think that's it for this book. I don't think Hermione has any more opportunities to do anything. Maybe Hermione gets to be the one to say wands up. I don't think they put that <laughs> in the book. <laughs> yeah, so that's it's just sort of depressing that like Hermione just goes out of this book the way she entered it, just being an annoying nag. Uh, an annoying nag, not interested in the story, not doing anything. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. At least she got to call Harry out for uh, for being sexist. Uh, she won't do that for Ron. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that we're supposed to think she's wrong because Harry like has like an epic comeback. Epic yeah, comeback from Harry where he's like, well, I'm friends with you, aren't I? Which is so weird because that, like, that's the same thing that makes uh, his skin crawl around Slughorn, rightfully. You know, because because Slughorn does like, oh well, well Hermione is a smart mudblood, right? And her Harry's like, well, you're a smart girl, um, <laughs> so it's a little, I don't know, I don't, I, I I would say maybe intentional character development stuff there, but I I don't think so. Uh, I I think that we are just supposed to find Hermione irritating in this scene, and then kind of begrudgingly accept that she was sort of on the right track by accident later. <laughs> I just there's no story here forgot to put a book in this book yeah yeah especially not for any of the side characters uh you know none of them get to do anything Ron Ron I guess he's a keeper now but like you know his his arc was mostly like concluded by the time uh, uh, uh this like lavender stuff ended right um his he exists to like be a roadblock for harry's relationship with Ginny, which is also going to be like ripped away from us uh anyway because the rest of the book is about the cave stuff and dumbledore and then harry breaks up with her because he's just so noble um there's there's not much meat on this bone you know um, my new favorite character is in this chapter, Jimmy, Jimmy Peaks. Peaks. Jimmy Peaks is here. The appearance of Jimmy Peaks, who was holding out a scroll of parchment. Who is Jimmy Peaks? Why does Dumbledore trust him with these incredibly sensitive documents? Uh, yes. Oh, I hear, I hear the click clack of, of typing. Jimmy Peaks, there's a picture. Blood oh, status. Fuck. Pure blood or half blood. Oh, okay. One or the other. <laughs> oh, he's a beater on the team. Let's see. Oh, Uh, of course. Together with Richie Coot. How could I forget? Peaks and Coot. We (laughs) are. We already did this riff. We did Peaks and Coot, the like detective series. We forgot all about Peaks. Jimmy Peaks and Richie Coot, obviously standing in for Jack Sloper and Andrew Kirk. Um, No, I did not make that up. So much. Wait. He has a possible relative, Glanmore Peaks. Ooh. Glanmore Peaks. Wow. What's Glanmore all about? Um, he's a Scottish wizard who was famous for having slain the sea serpent of Cromer, and he <sighs> he is <Fuck>. yes. <laughs> 
He is a sailor. Come on. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He has a wizard card. Family members. Jimmy Peaks, possible. And Sean Peaks, possible. Who Mm. is Sean Peaks? A Hufflepuff student at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in the 1990s. He bought the last reusable hangman that Weasley's Wizard Weezes had in stock in 1996. Wait, 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 wait. So he's at the school at the same time? He's in... Yeah, yes? So, okay. Um, here's... I'm going to read his appearances and yeah. all, will, all will become clear. Appearances. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban video game PlayStation 2 version only. Harry yes. Potter and the Half-Blood Prince video game... Nintendo DS version only. Yes. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that there are Twin Peaks. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, that <laughs> is what I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so... um, Yeah, Jimmy appears. Dumbledore trusts Jimmy. You know, Dumbledore is, is going to take Harry on this, on this cave adventure... <laughs> but if Harry was indisposed, I think Jimmy Peaks might be his number two. Well, it's it's kind of like, you know, Jimmy Peaks, not quite as good as Jack Sloper, whom he he replaced on the Gryffindor mm-hmm. Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Dumbledore's like, yeah, Jimmy Peaks would not be as good as Harry Potter in a cave quest scenario, <laughs> but he would do in a pinch. You you can take Jimmy Peaks uh, if you must. I, yeah, Jimmy Peaks is an admirable <laughs> understudy. If I can't get Harry to come with me on this cave quest. <sighs> uh, so, so that happens. <laughs> so that, that part happens. Um, then this whole Trelawney scene happens. And boy, do I have some feelings about this. I love Trelawney. I love her so much. And I hate what these books do to her over the course of... I think it's cute that she made the prophecy that's going to happen about the Death Eaters coming in the tower. I li- and I li- doesn't yes. she pull a tower card or did no, I make it, that up? That's no, that's it's, awesome. It, yeah, it's, it is. It is the the one thing that rescues this for me is that she is totally right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she's trying to she's trying to get to Dumbledore. She's trying to tell him about the danger. What is it? She says it's such a specific. Uh, and it and it's one of those things where it is I I think if you do the actual tarot analysis of it, it's it sounds more vague and, mm-hmm. and not quite applicable. But the literal uh uh card that she's yes, here it is. Uh no matter how I lay them out, and she pulled the card dramatically from underneath her shawls, the lightning struck tower, she whispered, calamity, disaster, coming nearer <laughs> all the time. Which is very funny because uh like again th- there's the there's the tarot read which is oh calamity and disaster that could mean fucking anything right uh, mm-hmm. that, that's very vague but dumbledore is literally going to die in the astronomy tower from from the gun spell right so it's, it's, it is very funny that she is reading it presumably more metaphorically and it it is quite literal mm-hmm. I, so i i like that stuff a lot yeah this stuff about her being a cartoon wino now is much less fun i think it is so weird it's very uncomfortable i'm not like i'm not saying like oh you shouldn't joke about this because you know you know 
that like it's so like it, it it is so just cartoonish and so over the top here like she's stuffing bottles and like she's carrying like bottles underneath her shawl and she's putting them in like flower pots and stuff it's just weird like like it's, it it just makes me sad and 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 kind of bummed out and like it's it's such a weird way to send this character off i think it's sad i will say that and I, and I do agree with you that it goes to a kind of cartoonish level here. Yeah. I think there is one kind of read of it that saves it a little bit for me, which is mm-hmm. I I like that it has always been a thing for her character, only in that Harry... I, I, like, I think it is a, a very kind of accurate and well laid out thing about Harry growing up and the thing that happens as kids grow up and they become more aware of what it, what what is actually going on with adults, right? That's true. Yeah, I could see that. Because was it book five or was it even maybe this one where he, where like he was catching the smell of it on her? Yeah, and I think that like even in the text, it's like Harry, Harry smelled like a whiff of sherry and didn't know why or like for some reason, right? And and it was like he didn't like fully like he knew something was going on, but wasn't like fully processing it. Obviously, those are like really small details. Um, but once we get to the kind of culmination of her story here, Harry knows what's going on and is and it's um, he's not even really affected by it. It's not what he's focused on. Right. He's just <laughs> right, like, yeah. oh, that's that's it's like a he always knew it. But now he he knows what what is going on with this adult i suppose yeah and I, like there like it's it's frustrating because I, I i certainly i i'm not against you know I, I, like writing an alcoholic character like obviously that is maybe half of fiction um, <laughs> if, if we're being generous here uh that's that's fine and it also it it, it i think does a good job of coloring maybe why so many of the other staff uh, 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 look down on her so much because it's always been like the divination stuff has always been kind of strange like and it's still strange here um because she you know she mentions how Dumbledore kind of had a uh, uh disdain for for divination before her interview and whatnot um and that's still like never just been really clear in this story exactly why or how divination is any different from any other branch of magic right Mm -hmm. like why it's held in such disdain um and here you get the sense at least or like like in 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 the best read of this the best angle of this it's like oh like mcgonagall doesn't necessarily hate trelawney because she's a divination teacher she is annoyed by her because she's like an alcoholic and is it affects her behavior right Mm -hmm. that is more understandable i just wish i keep going back to it in the same way that i go back to it it, with the um the fat shaming stuff Mm -hmm. where i totally understand why characters like shape and weight is used like as part of the character design and character building right like Mm -hmm. it makes total sense for hepzibah smith to be overweight right like you're you're writing a character who is is being described as like this uh um she's a rich hoarder 
she's she's like old money right she has a house elf she's like like there's the first oh i see why this character is is described this way but it is so it's it's not it's it ends up not being like a fact of the story that's just you know a fact of this character's life it is something to bludgeon the character with is like oh and and this is why they're bad right and it's bad that they're they're fat rather than it just being like part of the character makeup and i think here i get the same uncomfortable vibe from it where it's like oh i'm not like i'm not like sad for trelawney that her job is is hard and she's you know she feels inadequate and is an alcoholic it's funny that she bumped into Harry and all the bottles fell out of her like coins out of an enemy in River City Ransom. Like, <laughs> right? Like, it's it's a joke. And it's, it's like, it's just not treated with the, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, and, and Harry Potter is often so good with dark humor. Like, I'm not saying there couldn't be, like, dark jokes about it, but this is just so, like, wacky wino. Like, it's, it, I don't know. Like, it's a little... It's just depressing to me, I guess. I think that it's easy to, for me, when I read this, to bring a lot to the table that the actual story doesn't, Mm -hmm. only because Trelawney is such a, like, stock tragedy Cassandra figure. Yes. And in that way, it's like knowing that and coming to... Coming to the table with that already is like, oh, I actually really like this. I think it's clever. I think that uh, not the wino jokes are funny, but like all the prophecy stuff and and just like really like taking that vein of tragedy for her and kind of inserting that into the alcoholism aspect of it makes it work for me. But I don't think that's like totally fair since the fiction doesn't really offer that. That's almost like another version of coming to, to the book already knowing what the Christian soul is (laughs) and and having that mean something to you. Yeah. Uh, And I think that I kind of do the same thing with the idea of like the seer trope in this scene. Yeah, no, the, the the stuff around this uh, and and the, the way that Trelawney has sort of, in a, I think in a much better way than Hermione. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. I, this is a connection I'm pulling right now. Mm-hmm. Like Hermione is like bumbling into the, the correct answer in this chapter mm-hmm. because the story needs her to. Right. Um, and that's similar to what's happening with Trelawney here and has happened with her multiple times before. But because she is like the Oracle character, right? It works much better to have this character who like, sort of correct and is bumbling into the right answer but has a very conceited opinion of herself mm-hmm. because of it you know and and like it, it, it doesn't quite understand the forces that she's working with uh-huh um that part i think is great uh and and i think again like uh, similar to like slughorn being fat making sense for his character because he is a he is a rich man who just sits around eating candy all day i think it makes sense for Trelawney to be an alcoholic, right? She's depressed. She doesn't think anyone takes her seriously. She she feels unappreciated. You, you, like that is some classic character turning to drink stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is so cruelly presented here in the same way that that we are always being reminded that, that Slughorn is uh, fugly and and evil for being fat, um, and not because he is a Nazi enabling. Uh, 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 clout chaser. Um, it is. <laughs> it it it's just it's just it's it's not the um, 
it's not the ingredient that I disagree with. It's the amount of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and you're and like it doesn't need to be a cartoon, and yeah. and she is, and it is very much like um, a we we kind of the reader is supposed to laugh at her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very clownish uh, in this scene, um, in in a way that's just like it's just like I said, it's I I appreciate that there is a dark humor to this. But it needs to be dark humor, right? Like, like the, the problem is that this isn't presented like dark humor. It's just presented like com- comedy, ha ha hee hee, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it, uh, it's uh, it's it's just too 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 much. I guess the big actual reveal of the scene is the Snape reveal, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. the The Malfoy stuff is sort of inconsequential because we knew that the the important thing is this is the Snape review. How do you feel about this and like Harry's reaction to it and, and then so on? Um, I like it, I suppose. It's hard for me not to tie it too much into the always stuff, mm-hmm. I guess like that. That's just where I go with it. But I, I do. Um, I, I appreciate that Harry cares about something for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's pissed, right? He's like everything people have been telling him this whole time. Snape's on our side, all this stuff. And Harry's had like no, no real like evidence or ammo other than he's mean. I don't like him. And all of a sudden it's like his worst fear is being realized. And not only that, but it's like Snape killed my parents. Right. I think that's, I think that's a great reveal. That's great drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Like this is the scene where I was like most riveted by this chapter. Mm-hmm. Was him was him hearing this and telling Trelawney to shut the fuck up and running up the stairs and busting in the door ready to argue with Dumbledore and I was like hell yes finally story yeah, is happening that was so exciting it reminded me a little bit of the stuff from last chapter like I like I we talked about how good last chapter was and I'll say that like I was I was truly riveted by some of the drama that was happening mm-hmm. this is the most. Um, Harry Potter running up the stairs with his drama. I'm riveted. I'm so excited. And then he just like it falls. It falls flat on its face. I'm so I'm so angry about this. I cannot. I cannot believe it. We need to walk through this scene like step by step um, because it is uh, it, it's bad. Um, I would like to remind everyone that it was not. That many chapters ago that Harry had had this conversation with Dumbledore and where Dumbledore was like, hey, Voldemort killed your parents. Don't you just kind of want to go ape shit? And Harry's like, yeah, I, I do. He killed my parents. I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate his guts. I'm going to kill him. If I see him, it's on sight. I hate this guy. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, Harry's like, Snape killed my parents. I hate this guy. I've hated him the whole time. Yeah. I could kill him. I, I like it, like all my worst my worst fears, my worst thoughts about Snape have been confirmed. This person who's uh, like been my constant antagonist over the course of six books, and he <laughs> killed my parents. Yeah. So just just wanting to provide some texture here. Um, so the the top of the page for me, page five forty six, is nothing else mattered to Harry just now. Mm. Like, that's how he is consumed by this. Uh, And then he busts in the door 
And Dumbledore is like, hey, uh, I have a side quest for you. <laughs> the cave quest that we've all been waiting for. We've been waiting to do the cave quest. And he's just like, there. there is a brief, br- the briefest moment where I was still on board with this, where um, Harry, you know, his, his internal monologue, it says, rage and resentment fought shock and excitement. Where he's like, he, he oh, because he's, he's being offered this thing he really wants. But also he's pissed and wants to talk to Dumbledore about this. And like, that's a good description of, of that sort of paralyzing <sighs> feeling. See, I think you're even being too generous for this because that's the part where I started getting mad. I yeah. wanted Harry to be like, fuck you. I don't care about this. Like, I'm so angry, right? Yeah, I, I, that's, that would make more more sense. It's I, like, I'm on a downward slope here, right? I'm like, okay, oh, okay. yeah, okay. I'm well, like, I, I'm like, I will oh, okay. grant you this. I'm <laughs> on board, okay? But <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. He's okay. I'm like, yes, he's kicking in the door. He's finally going to confront evil Dumbledore who's been manipulating him this whole time yep and I'll and then, take it I'll take it that far stuck between person he hates and thing he really wants and is yeah. paralyzed by that continue please yeah so 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 he, he kicks down the door he's pissed off and he's like oh, Dumbledore I'm gonna I'm gonna yell at you and then Dumbledore says hey I have thing you want and he goes ooh ooh, ooh. and I'm like okay not really the showdown I wanted but like I get it I like when characters want things. Um, and then... Uh, Harry and want two thing? Harry want two thing at once. Story happen. Um, but then it's immediately the sentence after that that, that, that just my, my goodwill falls off the cliff, which is, you know, Dumbledore saying, oh, it is natural to be afraid. And then Harry immediately putting all thought out of his head and just going like, I'm not scared. I'm which Horcrux is it? Where's the Horcrux? Let's let's go do that. I choose quest. I don't want story to happen. Just quest, please. (laughs) I hate that nothing changed. I mean, they have a back and forth. Harry, Harry, Harry does make a decision here. He he thinks to himself, okay, I want to go on quest more than I want to go kill Snape or whatever. So I'm going to pretend like everything is fine and go on quest, but Dumbledore can see through him, that and says, like, what's wrong? And Harry tells him, but then nothing changes about their ensuing conversation. It's the same conversation they've been having through this whole book where Dumbledore gets stern and says, Harry's, I mean, Snape is on our side, don't care about what Draco's doing. Don't you want to go on the quest? I can't believe it. I can't believe that, like, this is probably... I think that the Snape telling Voldemort the prophecy that killed Harry's parents is probably one of the biggest reveals in the book. Like, one of the, like, actually Mm -hmm. biggest reveals that actually matters to the characters. Yeah. And to have it not affect this ensuing conversation is maddening to me. It is maddening to read this right now and, and realize that Dumbledore is meant to be correct and is meant to be the, the smart one in this scene because he's not mad because it's, because it's, 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 it's for, for the, 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 uh, the type of person that J.K. Rowling is and the type of worldview that she has, the highest crime that you can commit 
is to be rude to someone. That's right. <laughs> right? Like, 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 Harry is in the wrong here for yelling and for not thinking clearly uh, about whether or not uh, this teacher that he already hates got his fucking family killed, right? But Dumbledore, because he is so wise and smart and and doesn't ever yell and doesn't ever get passionate about anything, is correct because he sees the world as a chessboard, and that's a good thing to do. And it's just such a nightmarish worldview to me uh, that this scene just really, really, really made me mad. <laughs> I think that even, like... Like, I'm going to take all of my morals, all of my values, everything away uh, from talking about this for a moment and say that even if you were trying to tell that story, this does such a shitty job because it's not like Harry has like an arc here. It's not like he stands up for himself and says, no, I'm not going to go on cave quest with you. I I will never forgive Severus Snape. And yeah. then and then the arc, the ensuing arc could be that he realizes that it's better to be polite and nice and forgiveness is the most important thing because he's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's a story. This doesn't do that. He's just like, oh, nothing has changed for me. I want to go on cave quest more than anything else. <laughs> so it like it's like dumb in both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, yeah. Because you can tell that, I mean, there are a million of those stories, right? Because that's that's the world, that's the culture, right? But also I think that those stories, I think those stories do it better. Um, not not just from a sense that like, oh, I can suspend my, you know, my personal feelings and just accept like sometimes a good story is just a well put together story and I don't necessarily agree with it, right? Like that that that's that, that happens all the time. But like, I think... There's a there's a missing ingredient here that goes in a lot of those stories in that like you know in, in a lot of stories where someone is learning to uh uh not be reactionary and you know and turn the other cheek or whatever usually their you know their their response to whatever it is that has um you know angered them or whatever comes later just in a less a more measured way right mm-hmm. like 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 they they just don't they they don't make a decision in anger they sit with it and then uh uh, uh decide what is best to do later but this right. isn't really this isn't really a story about someone learning that choices made in anger can't be undone this is a story about someone just shutting up because the, the smart guy told them to like stop having feelings stop talking like like Dumbledore literally just says multiple times in this in this chapter like i'm done talking about this like i i'm i'm done with this conversation it's uh, so weird but it's so weird because we've they, we have had this conversation with Dumbledore like three or four times in this book and to have it happen again with new information that should be this huge paradigm shift and yeah. have it not be i feel like i'm like watching groundhog day <laughs> yeah yeah no it is it it's is. like Harry, Harry, did you not pick the new dialogue option? Like it's highlighted. You've you've fulfilled the requirements. <laughs> you, you've you've uh, learned new information. So please pick the new the new option on the dialogue tree to unlock uh, yeah, the actual ending of this conversation. Harry, you've put enough points into intimidation by now. 
Ugh, it just, it's crazy. And I don't care about the stupid Horcrux and the stupid cave. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it, I think that's maybe the the worst part of this is because, like, this, this is the house of cards that the Horcrux reveal chapter built. It has already come tumbling down. Like, I mean, it was a pretty flimsy house of cards to begin with. Like, like we discussed at length in that, in that chapter, nothing about the nature of the soul in the wizarding world and like what Horcruxes are makes any sort of sense. Or at least it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's that it has no, has no stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I have no idea what the stakes are. We have no idea what the weight is. Um, and because of that, I just don't buy the, the opportunity to go on cave quest is until like to see what Horcrux is, uh, <laughs> is more tantalizing than, uh, uh, understanding what the fuck's going on with your dead parents. Like just no, no earthly idea how those things even compare. Or even tying it back to book book dad, you know, like yeah. all of that stuff is like at least there's like a thematic through line here, but yeah. the Horcrux stuff is just on an island, and and it and it just and it just kills me. The part where Dumbledore is like putting the clues together, he's like, I think I figured out where the Horcrux is. It's in cave that you remember from that really effed up Criminal Minds episode I made you watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you remember what you remember what item is. We will go to cave and collect item, and we shall never speak of uh, dead parents again. It's it, so weird, and th- and this is just like on top of all of that, on top of all of that being essentially meaningless to us, because I don't, I don't care. Um, it's Dumbledore's story. It's Dumbledore's off-screen story, <laughs> and in the same chapter where Hermione is like, "I solved it." It's person you don't know. Dumbledore is like, I solved it. It's cave I showed you. That's not a story. That's not a mystery. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. um, It's just a bummer. And I think that it uh, all the worse because of how incongruent what I'm supposed to be feeling, what I know I'm supposed to be feeling about Dumbledore in this scene and what I actually feel and it's been really weird too because you know there are plenty of stories that i enjoy or even like really love that don't necessarily have worldviews that i completely agree with right or even like remotely agree with um and i've been thinking about narnia a lot after reading this chapter mm-hmm. and i'm like why is it that i can like narnia so much which is a book that is you know a series that is full of <laughs> ideas that i i just fundamentally disagree with right like like just a, an incredibly sexist story uh <laughs> yeah incredibly you know dogmatic story in the end and i'm like why why am i so fascinated by narnia but bothered by this like just full on like neoliberal uh, uh ju- you know ends justify the means story about what being a good leader means right yeah i'm sure there are, i'm sure there are a lot of like great man type characters that you and i probably love in media yeah, right like there's totally. there gotta be i can't think of any right now but i'm sure that i'm sure there's a ton of stuff that trades in that that we love i i, I 
Here's a really recent one for me. Yeah. I like Edelgard in Fire Emblem. Oh, hell yeah. One of my favorite recent video game characters uh, is basically Dumbledore in a lot of ways. Uh, 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 will, you know, I'm sure that is a very powerful statement for the Fire Emblem community. The Fire Emblem fans who are listening, they're, they're going rabid. She is good Dumbledore. She is, she is well realized Dumbledore in that, like, she, she has a plan. Her ideals are good, but the way that she gets there is kind of tragic, right? The, the, um, the difference, I, I, I maybe I don't even know what the difference is, but, but like, this is so. That's something I'm just gonna have to sit with and think about for a while. I guess this is it's it's like what what is the ingredient that's missing from this? What is the to put a story in this book? Right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> what what is it that like? And and I think that I think that is is like definitely like the starting point, right? Because like you know I I I am not religious, uh, uh, in a sense that would like make Narnia something I would agree with, right? But Narnia is such a fascinating, holistic image of of C.S. Lewis's like theology and philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like such a perfect and like in many ways like sad and like interesting in ways that weren't intended. Like it 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 is just a it is a complete document about someone's um, relationship with religion. And also yeah. like their childhood and imagination and stuff, right? Like, like it, 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 it. That is a complete thesis statement that I can, I can appreciate beyond. Do I agree with this or not? Because I think that, I think that honestly, coming to media and just do I agree with this or not as your main question that you're bringing to to media, that's a fool's errand, right? It's that I think that's a really boring way to analyze things. Um, I think that that is not a healthy way to uh, engage with most media. I think it's certainly something that you should think about, but it's not, it it shouldn't be your, um, uh, it it shouldn't be like the be all end all, right? I think it's a very destructive way to engage with media for sure. I don't think that, I I think only pain lies in that direction. Right. (laughs) Um, but I like, like there, there is no denying that like, you know, I probably, as much as I, you know, loathe JK Rowling, I probably agree with JK Rowling on more things like pound for pound than I do with C.S. Lewis, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, like, like if we were to resurrect C.S. Lewis and, and hold a forum with him and J.K. Rowling, like they both have some pretty shitty opinions. But J.K. Rowling probably has just just metrics wise fewer, I, I guess, or maybe less less terrible ones. Um, but but like the the work that C.S. Lewis put out um, uh, was far more interesting because it's maybe. <sighs> more revealing whereas this is like at the end of the day if i sit down and and like like zoom out and think what was what was this harry and dumbledore story in this book about i don't know (laughs) i don't know i like i there is no there is neither an interesting 
religious allegory here. You have to bring your own. It's BYOA. Bring your own allegory. (laughs) Nor is there really any, like, tragic between the lines reading that you could do here to kind of piece together J.K. Rowling's, like, mental state or, like, like, internal conflicts or whatever like you know this isn't narnia this isn't like a mishima novel or play or whatever right like there's no real tortured artist here because jk rowling is not subtle uh and not conflicted she is she is very much an uh, you know opinionated and uh uh very stalwart in her her worldview and opinions and so i think it's maybe that it is just a completely unintrospective uninterested in letting the characters breathe uninterested in uh 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 it's like it's like we talked about a few weeks ago it defies reading between the lines it defies any sort of um analysis you could throw at it because it is just so solidly crystal clear like her worldview. Yeah, I think the Narnia compa- comparison is interesting because I I am like you. I love Narnia. I think the Silver Chair is my favorite Narnia book, or the Last Battle. Both are horrible in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. like really bad. But they do such a good job of like telling you something about C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is trying to also tell something about the world and about himself in a way that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And when I read Harry Potter, it reads more like it is trying to make you feel good about what you already think and presume to know about the world or what you think you know about the world. It's it's like it's a Rorschach test in that way. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I don't feel like I am learning anything about an author or a place in time when I read this, there is no, there, there's no subtext. There's, there's, I mean, the, uh, and the only thing that you can pull out, I think is the thing that we have been pining for this whole season, which is like, God damn, I wish Dumbledore was evil. <laughs> and the truth is he is. Uh-huh. And that is sort of fascinating in a way. But the story around that isn't fascinating, it's frustrating. Because we've already figured it out. You know, we we figured it out on, like, page eight of this book or whatever, where he takes Harry into a broom closet and spiders are crawling over his face. And he's like, Harry, do you want to fucking merc some guys or what? <laughs> and we're like, oh damn, uh, Dumbledore's evil. Uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore wants to to send some kids out to do his dirty work. Um, Dumbledore's forming a child army, right? Yeah, that's just right all along. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, all of the most interesting ideas are half formed, not wholly formed. Uh, and and maybe that's why it feels so different. I, I, I'm sorry to go on such a weird tangent there, but it's just, it's been really something I've been wrestling with. It's like, I hate this and I fundamentally disagree with it, but that can't be why I hate it. Cause there are a lot of pieces of fiction that I find interesting or moving or beautiful or, or, or worth reading, even though I don't actually 
subscribe to that worldview, right? Like it's, it, yeah. It, I don't know why this bothers me so much. Yeah, I think that I think that's. I mean, I think it is a is a worthy aside because I this chapter is so funny because it's like nothing happens. We can barely remember it, but as we go through it, it really is this this moment. It's where we approach it and read it and are like, oh, this is it. You yeah. know, we we there. It, it's funny because when we've talked about it this week, this sounds like a really bad book. <laughs> there is so much in here that I love and like moment to moment stuff. And I think I say that pretty much every time, but I think this book has some of the strongest stuff in it, like the luck potion. I love the slughorn imagery a lot of the time. Um, but this is like the, the moment where we have to look at this and look at the threads of each storyline that is happening and be like, oh, this is it. This is all there is. This is all it has to offer because we can't say like, oh, well, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how the mystery is going to develop in the coming chapters because mm -hmm. we've got we've got climax, right? Like we've got we've got zombie cave. We've got battle at the tower, Dumbledore <laughs> die. We've got wands up. That's it. The book is over, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I think realizing that all of the fun parallels and stuff. Like I, the other thing I was thinking of, you know, speaking of how, um. I think this is something I brought up in an early chapter in this book, but how how clever I thought it was that um, Slughorn was placed front and center in front of Harry as being the like untrustworthy uh, 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 user character, right? Mm -hmm. The manipulative spider character. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought that you know it's very clever that like there's the really obvious one in front of Harry, but Harry doesn't realize that. Dumbledore is more or less the same person as Slughorn. Mm -hmm. um, uh, same, like the same behavior, maybe less overt, maybe less directly uh, involved with um, the Death Eaters, but still someone who uh, uh, treats people like stepping stones, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought that was so fascinating. And like, I was wrestling for so long about like, oh, is this purposeful? Is this a, 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 an intentional parallel? Um, and it's not, you know, <laughs> like, it's an accident. <laughs> but even that can be good. You know, like I said, you know, we were talking about Narnia. There are plenty of things in Narnia that I, I love that are definitely ironic or accidental. Right. Uh -huh. Um, just because of the nature of what that book is and, and, and reading it now, like, so, it, but, but the, the difference is that I think Narnia resolves all of those things right one way uh -huh. or another and then you have to sit with and sit with how it ends and think about it whereas in this book i'm like i've i've collected all of these charitable observations about the book like damn slughorn and dumbledore are like parallels or like damn uh um maybe the nature of the soul maybe the the uh the stuff with ghosts and paintings being shown you know propped up alongside horcruxes is intentional and we're going to get some sort of like like this idea of like you know what the afterlife is is going to be uh uh, uh discussed in this book. and it's like no it's not we're going to zombie cave maybe that's <laughs> what it is maybe maybe it's just that like there are all these interesting ideas that could be subtextual that just don't get to be because they don't resolve narnia also has a lot of like mystery of faith stuff yeah, that ends up being like very weird, and and it is probably 
one of the mo- like uh, as a non-religious person probably some of the most interesting things that I I grab out of Narnia cuz I I think it's I think that's I think it's so human and it's so fascinating to read about. Um, yeah. And it's very funny in this, in this bring your own allegory <laughs> that there's just, there's just no mystery of faith stuff here, right? There's no, yeah. there's no ambiguity. It's all extremely literal. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't even try to um, kind of like l- let you sit with that. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, but, I, and I think like as a, as like a, a device in a novel, a, a mystery and an ambiguity gives you like a lot of, of interpretation breathing room. And yes. this has like none. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. The fact that's the thing. The fact that everything about the world is so rigid in Harry Potter and everything about the characters is also just so rigidly laid out is it, it, there is no breathing room for any sort of interpretive or, uh, uh, reimagining really it's just like n- no what you see is what you get it is it is a very WYSIWYG book yeah um so i guess all that we have left after that is um well harry's getting ready to go to zombie cave but he's got but first he's give has to give a rambo speech to ron and hermione before he goes he's got he's got to rally the troops before he goes um this is <laughs> this is such a funny way to end this chapter because it is, it is so funny for like Harry to finally get through to all these people who have been telling him to uh, uh, drop the mystery, this whole book. And, and finally he, he comes in, I guess he's panting and yelling enough. That they're like, oh damn, he must take this seriously. Oh damn, Draco was whooping in there. Oh, oh, my boy was whooping in there. Oh, oh, you heard whooping. This changes everything. Oh, you heard whooping. Oh shit. Well, in that case, I'm gonna take this seriously. Finally, yeah, it's just such a convenient note to end on. I guess it's like, oh, and and now of course, finally, in in Harry's time of need, his friends his friends rise to the challenge. It's like, okay. Nice sentiment, I suppose, but yeah, like, but for no reason. Yeah, for no, for no. It's reason. because of whooping. Also, what kind of whooping was Malfoy doing? Do you think? That's like, such a good question. Like, okay, so you just repaired a cabinet. You've been working on it all year, and I, I think about like what, like you have those moments of victory in your life, and you, you cry out in victory. <laughs> what, what was Malfoy doing? Why was he whooping? Is that Woo! a verb, or is that like an onomatopoeia? Like, is he going whoop? Like, is he, <laughs> he's juggling whooping because that's how i that's how i interpreted it which was just him going like whoop <laughs> like just just like just making weird noises oh he's definitely my guy was in whooping there. in there uh, <laughs> you know things are bad if he's whooping uh in the room of requirement um i i just like i can't i just can't get over like what what is the evidence here like ron hermione you haven't cared about this the whole time Here's my luck potion. Here's my map. Um, there, Trelawney, the person who we really trust and always, always listen to, heard some whooping from an unknown source in the room of requirements. So you gotta mobilize the troops. I wonder how they handle that in the movie. I feel like they're. I think that they just cut that out because it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, we don't get. We don't get him hollering in in the hallway. That's a bummer. He's like, he's so happy. He's like, I'm not going to get killed by Voldemort. I successfully opened the portal. Whoop. 
Wahoo. Wee-hoo. Wee-haw. Wee-yee-haw. Voldemort's not going to kill me. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so, so there's that. And then he goes back to Dumbledore and, uh, and Dumbledore tells him how cool it is that he, he likes to go to, he likes to go to bars. So no one's going to be suspicious of him. Uh, and it's cave time. Also, they go to two bars, they go to Madame Rosberta's, and then they go to the Hogshead, which I think is a clue that Aberforth is in the Hogshead, yeah. and then they go, and it's and it's cave time. It's cave time. It's zombie cave time. It's zombie um, cave time. I can't wait. I can't this wait. This is the zombie payoff we've been asking for this whole time. Oh, yeah, this is, yes, the monkey's paw has finally curled all the way in. And we are being given the zombie payoff that we have been asking for this whole book. It's just going to be a bunch of zombies in a cave. That's what we were hoping for. We were like, oh, zombies just keep getting mentioned over and over in this book. Oh, I hope that there are a bunch of zombies in a cave. A bunch of random zombies. We love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... Oh, we ran. We gone real long on this uh, very dumb chapter. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, uh, to say about this one, or shall we uh, take a quick break and then come back and explore Harry Potter at home? What a catharsis that was! I'm so glad that you told me that this was a complaining episode. We were hey, Draco was whooping. We were bitching. <laughs> That's right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I'm very sorry, Liz. I uh, definitely put a little swing on the countdown there. That's all right. I'm <laughs> I'm used to it. I just kind of I go with the flow. I'm all right with a with a swing, a jazz beat, a little bit. Yeah, I I I, I nearly I nearly did a bum 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 thing again at the at the beginning of this one, but uh, that's just because I'm so jazzed about Harry Potter at home. Uh, the uh, the new initiative that we 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 talked about in our news segment this week that uh, I would like to go in a little more depth in because it is only four articles and then a link to some videos that we have already seen. That'll keep the kids occupied while they're at home. That will keep them occupied. The the best part of this is I. I get the feeling that so like I, I was poking around online trying to find like a response to this, and like no one's really criticized it or anything. And I think that a lot of people just because they've been told that like oh this is for kids, they've not like looked at it or <laughs> they looked at it and assumed there was more, but they didn't bother to check because there are like all <laughs> these like replies to like JK's tweets and stuff that are like oh my god thank you for providing this light in the darkness while I am stuck in like a little bit of magic at home. Here's the, here's the Venn diagram of this person. Okay. Yeah. And it's someone that would post, um, post a reply like that on JK Rowling's tweets, such as like, Oh my God, thank God you've given me life. Thank you mother for my life. <laughs> I, I have lived, I've lived, I've lived in Plato's cave, only seeing the shadows on the wall. And then Harry Potter home released. And I got to walk <laughs> into the light. Um, <laughs> And the other circle is never has seen Pottermore.com before. Um, <laughs> right. Those circles don't touch. Right? Ah. Uh, you would think, I guess. Um, 
But uh, I would like to explore some of the hot new offerings that um, that you know that that, that uh, WizardingWorld.com has has given us here, um, because you know we're stuck at home. Our listeners are presumably all stuck at home. Um, we all need a little magic, so why don't we find out what uh, 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 what Harry Potter at home has to offer us, and then we can judge. Hey, was this is this is this a good initiative? Do you feel? Uh, do, do you feel like your uh, stress has been relieved by Harry Potter here? Right, yeah. So our first uh, article is called The ABCs to Reading for Pleasure. Uh, That's, is, that could be really helpful for us. Yeah. Um, because we have been reading Harry Potter for um, 10 years now. And, <laughs> for and pain. I wouldn't, and I would say it's been reading for pain. So this is going to really help us out. Well, this is written by the Scholastic Team. Um, oh, took did you team ever have this. the Scholastic Book Fair at your school? Oh yeah. When you were a kid, yeah. What yeah, did you, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. did you like to buy at the Scholastic Book Fair? Uh, lots of stuff. <laughs> I I was a I was a big big reader, so I did I you know would bring my allowance to the Scholastic Book Fair and buy a bunch of books for sure. Oh yeah, I uh, got in trouble in. God, this would be like third grade, maybe second oh. grade, very, very early mm-hmm. at my first Scholastic Book Fair because I you was put the give- Bible in the fiction section. Oh, no, this is even funnier. This is even <laughs> okay. cooler than that. Um, so I was given some money to buy some books with and instead I bought well, I guess they were technically books, but I don't remember what they were called or, um, God, what were they called? I, or if you even know what I'm talking about, they were little plushies that had like a zipper for a mouth and you would open them up and there was like a little book inside. But mostly I bought it because it was a <laughs> little uh, like gremlin with a wizard hat. Sure. Uh, and I got in trouble because, so the first time I did, I went to the book fair, I bought one of those. And my parents were like, come on, we want you to buy a book. That's, that's a toy. Uh, and then the second book fair, I did the exact same thing, but I like hit it. And they were like, what book did you buy? And I was like, uh, I forgot it at school. And they were like, you bought one of those fucking things, didn't you? <laughs> God, I wish I remember what those things were called. They were like, they were like a little, I would say like a hockey puck uh, with the zipper in the middle. They were like fluffy and they had googly eyes. And one of the ones that I bought had a wizard hat. That um, is so funny. I, <laughs> I I really need to find these things. Um, maybe they still sell them. I don't know. Maybe kids are still getting in trouble for buying not books at the book fair. Nonetheless, we should push forward. (laughs) Part of the magic of reading Harry Potter is that it teaches children, as well as reminds adults, about reading for pleasure. Reading experts over at Scholastic have written an A to Z that reminds us of all the great benefits reading for pleasure can bring. Mm. A is for audiobooks mean the whole family can listen together. That, that's true. Uh, That is true. You got me there. I would never, ever do that, but it is true. B. Books at bedtime are a great way to wind down the day. 
I think this is true for kids. Um, mm-hmm. because I think kids can, I, I remember being a kid and I would read at bedtime and I'd be like, oops, it's three hours past my bedtime. I was just so absorbed in reading, um, you know, a red wall book or something. Yeah. Um, I have been trying to read house of leaves for <laughs> s- several weeks now because I keep reading it before bed. And one of two things happens. One, I get a little, it's a little bit spooky and I'm like, <laughs> I need to stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop reading this. Otherwise, I'm going to have bad dreams. Or I'm so tired that I get half a page in and I fall asleep immediately. Yeah. yeah. That happens to me a lot with my Kindle. Like, I open it up, I read one page, it falls on my face, and I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This might be, a, might be a kids only thing. Yeah. Well, C says explicitly children's books on the shelves are always a familiar, comforting read. That's true, I suppose. I guess that is true. D, reading allows us to discover new worlds, new people like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and new <laughs> events. New events. That's one events. to add to the list. Um, <laughs> I love some damn, damn events, like a, like, a, like a cave quest. Discover characters, facts, themes. <laughs> yeah, an event. exactly. E, Everyone can read the same book and talk about it together. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's, That's true. That's club. That's what we're doing. And P is for podcast. Uh, uh, the I wish. Noble profession. <laughs> uh, F. Reading takes us to fun, faraway places like Hogwarts. Mm. G. Sharing a book you love with a family member makes a great gift. Oh. Please buy something from Scholastic and give it to a family member, please. Mm-hmm. Buy a little stuffed wizard that unzips and becomes a little book. <laughs> H, the best kind of homework, free reading. Now that's true. I loved when free reading was the homework. I never, I don't think I ever got free reading. I don't think uh, that ever happened for me. Uh, yeah, I... I won the, in fifth grade, I won the award for most, like, pages read or maybe books read. Wow. I think it was pages in the entire school. That rocks. Uh, that, 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 that's an achievement. Yeah, I don't think I ever got to do anything like that. I think we were always assigned a specific book. Or a specific piece of homework. I don't remember ever. There being was a able lot of just... like you had to log free reading because it was like you have to read a certain a certain amount, and and obviously uh, some kids struggled with that, and mm-hmm. some uh, were like me and read all of the Redwall books <laughs> in one year. Um. <laughs> my my, I I read a lot, but it wasn't logged as homework. My like one reading achievement specifically for school was I memorized. The fucking, uh, uh, God, why can't I even, the Paul Revere poem. Oh. I had to memorize the Paul Revere poem, and if you were able to recite it from memory, you would get invited to a pizza party. School is stupid. School fucking sucks. Uh, and yeah, but I did it, I got to, I got to go to the pizza party. Uh So it was pretty good. I was thinking it was all right pizza. A true test of skill. (laughs) (laughs) A true test of skill and mastery. I is for infinite possibilities exist with reading. I think we're, we're already sort of repeating themes here. We, we have 
reading takes you to faraway places, discover new worlds, and then infinite possibilities exist with reading. We're getting we're getting a little thin here, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay, great joy exists upon finishing a whole series, and sometimes a little sadness, too. Hmm. K, when you know better, you do better. Reading helps us to know more so we can do better. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I feel like I know less <laughs> when I started reading these books. <laughs> yeah, the, reading these books has like forced some important stuff out of my brain, I think. <laughs> Who knows what we've lost? <laughs> L, learning to read is one of the coolest, most amazing and magical processes ever. I'm sure a child struggling to read really wants to hear that. Yeah. That's, I'm I, sure that's a real motivator. Yeah. Also, are you, getting, are you getting a picture of the audience this is being written for here? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe M will convince you. M, reading motivates you to learn more, try new things, and reach for the stars. Hmm. It seems like reading is good, and so you should purchase... Scholastic products. Scholastic products. N. Every day you can meet new people, places, and ideas with books. What's the N for? New. New. New new characters, facts, and themes. Yeah, not to be be confused with I, infinite possibilities exist with reading, (laughs) or F, uh, reading takes us to fun, faraway places, uh, and new people, places, and ideas. Uh, okay. Oh, reading allows you to learn about different options and opinions. Options? What are my options? What are my options with Harry Potter? <laughs> well, you can you can record a podcast. That's basically it. I think we did learn we did learn some about options um, in t- in this week's chapter, which is that the half foot prince is either a name or not oh. their name. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a nickname or a real name. <laughs> P. Anything is possible with reading. Mm. Q. Questions are answered with reading. I I mean, some kinds of reading, I suppose. R. Reading aloud to a loved one or friend is time well spent. S. That's true. Our Mm -hmm. favorite way to spend our time? Reading makes time fly. (laughs) They're really struggling. They had a long time to... (laughs) to do this and this is they could have just made a numbered list but instead they decided (laughs) to do an abc's thing i'm sure they thought this was a great idea up until like i don't know maybe the letter h and then they were like oh fuck (laughs) oh there's a lot of letters huh that's why they had to bring in the whole scholastic team for this (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck there's more letters than i remembered Uh oh (laughs) Ooh. um t reading transforms lives you books take you to unusual and unique places. Okay, again, different from the new places or the infinite places or the fun far away places. Uh-huh. V finding a new author in series is one of our very favorite things. That you is- can't use very. <laughs> you can't use very. That doesn't work. That doesn't count. W, you can read wherever you want to in the house. No need to sit at a desk or wait until bedtime. 
I mean, I didn't really need permission, but that's true. It is true. Now, okay, I would like your opinion on whether this one counts for, <laughs> okay. for X, because this, this one is insane to me. There's something for everyone with reading, exactly what every person needs. I feel like they should have tried harder. I know mean, X is a tough one. Yeah. Not many letters, not many words start with X, I get it. But you did, <laughs> they did decide on a... ABC's format, so I think they could have maybe maybe picked up a dictionary or something. Yeah. Why you always have a pen pal when you pick up a book? No, you don't. <laughs> what? Do you? I guess you can't really talk back to the book unless you're Ginny Weasley. You always and have we know a podcast if you're reading a book. Oh no! We're, oh shit! Oh fuck! What have we been doing this whole time? I don't know if you should count. Yeah, you I, exactly. You, very, these are, hmm, I don't know about any of these, really. Finally, Z, reading before bed lets you catch your Zs. And and then, it kind of contradicts the other one because it's true, but I don't do much reading. I just fall asleep. You just fall asleep. They're, they put in brackets after this one. Come on. This one was tough, which I as I don't understand why they put that. It's like <laughs> catching some Z's. That one. That one's at least the letter. Yeah, but that like, one's like cute. Exactly. That begins with E. Like there's no there's no way around that. Uh, there's no way around exactly get, not starting with the letter X. Who was this for? You asked me earlier, do I have a picture of who who is supposed to be reading this? And yeah. I I don't know. Other than us. I think like this is for children. Like this is part of the ad blitz for children, I think, here. Hmm. Um or or like to parents and kids reading together, maybe. Cause like the, the, <laughs> it's the weird part, because like all of these are so childish and like broad, right? But, I love to I love to sit my child down to read a listicle together. <laughs> read a listicle, right? Yeah, the, the 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 process is insane, and this is only going to get weirder as we continue through the articles here. Um, but the fact that this is all aimed directly at kids and like their reading level is surreal. I think. Uh, let's move on to our next article: a handy guide to reading Harry Potter books for the first time. I don't need a guide. There's seven books. I, I was I think I think that there are books that you could need a, like a series that you could need a guide to get into. Yeah, for sure. Where do I start? What you know? What's going on? There are a hundred books. Um, where where do I go first? Harry Potter is not one of those. Yeah, yeah there's there there are seven books. They are all in order. Ready to begin your Hogwarts journey? Who can blame you? Simply flip open the first Harry Potter book and let's begin. Article over. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so, you've probably heard of Harry Potter already, right? Probably caught a film on TV. Probably got a mate who had a Hogwarts robe. Probably know the brand. Have you heard of this brand before? <laughs> heard of our brand Surely before? you have. Surely all of your friends and family have been talking about brand. And you've probably been thinking, who is this Dumbledore fellow anyway? And what is a Wingardium Leviosa? I love this, like, turning the chair around to talk to kids about drugs vibe this has. <laughs> uh-huh. You've probably heard of weed before. But what is it? What is it exactly? So what are the books about? Like, actually, okay, in a nutshell, a young 11-year-old boy 
A young, young 11, 11 year, year old boy. A young 11 year old. Oh, a young 11 year old. Yeah. With glasses and a lightning bolt scar called Harry Potter finds out that he's a wizard with magical powers and must go to a special school to learn how to do magic. Along the way, he learns many secrets about his past and discovers that not all wizards are good. <laughs> You're going to be reading a lot of strange words. Quaffle. Flobberworm. Ridiculous. <laughs> Uh-huh. I need to like put some like <laughs> like cool like like cool 90s like <laughs> like PSA hip hop beats under this. Get ready for all manner of weird and wonderful words, guys. These are not your everyday books, but don't worry, everything will be explained as if as you go along and soon the words of the wizarding world will be a second language. And if you get really stuck, here's a handy glossary to get you started. You're going to hear some weird names. Jimmy Peaks, <laughs> Jack Sloper. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is whooping? <laughs> You're going to meet a lot of interesting people. Albus Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall. Who are all these curious people? For a book called Harry Potter, you do get a lot of fascinating names in this series. No offense, Harry. You, you'll soon learn that wizards and witches are rather different to us. We're different sorts of clothes and have many different interests. And it's not just people. Prepare to meet magical creatures and even paintings that talk. And Jimmy Peaks and Jack Sloper. <laughs> this feels like a pitch for, for Peaks and Sloper. Absolutely. You may know a few things already, but that's okay. You can still interact with Brand. If you've not read the books, that doesn't mean you haven't seen a Harry Potter film on the television. Or maybe a friend or family member has told you all about how they're a Gryffindor. And you're like, What? So you might know bits and bobs about the adventure already, but don't worry. It'll all make sense once you start at the beginning. Just maybe ask your friends to be nice and not spoil anything for you. Your, your friend or family member may have 107 episodes of a Harry Potter podcast, but <laughs> not like that. Not bad, though. Things might get a little scary. Are you squeamish? Mm. Be on your guard. At Hogwarts school, not everything is as it seems. Sometimes these books get a little frightening, especially when a certain someone called Lord Voldemort makes an appearance. But That's also right. watch out for giant spiders, <laughs> werewolves, and more things we won't spoil for you now. That's so funny to me. I was looking at the JK Rowling replies on Twitter, and I saw someone posting, and I'm not trying to call them out or anything, <laughs> but they posted and were like, I just started reading Half-Blood Prince with my six-year-old or whatever, out loud to my six-year-old. And when I think about Harry Potter being, like, scary for kids, I don't think about, like, the giant spider or, you know, or the basilisk or whatever. Because that's all, like, kid-level scary. But I think about, like, that six-year-old and the Criminal Minds chapter that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're going to have coming up. Like, and damn. I'm not saying, like, it's bad or, like, they're going to be, like... It's gonna like mess them up or anything. Yeah, but it's it, like, well, who is that? It's not for them. Yeah, that's that's not for them. They, like, the, the, at best, they're gonna be like, is that kid I don't like at school gonna like torture me and steal my rabbit or whatever? <laughs> like, it's really, it, it's 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 a little ominous for children, I think. Mm hmm. And the books will magically start getting bigger and bigger. As you read more Harry Potter books, you'll learn that there's just so much to the wizarding world that the book starts getting fatter. But trust us, once you've read the first one and got hooked in, you'll be hungrier for more pages. Hmm. Suspense, huh? 
It's a marathon, though, not a sprint. Don't feel bad if you're not the fastest reader in the world. There are seven books, and that's a lot of magic to get through. Take your time, because you don't want to speed through it too fast and miss something. There are loads of important mentions in the books that will become more important later. We'll give you a heads up on this one in the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or Sorcerer's Stone for our US readers. A character called Sirius Black is mentioned. Keep an eye on that name in particular. (laughs) (sighs) Thank you for the tip, wizardingworld.com. And once you're done, that's definitely not the end. When we first finished the Harry Potter books, to say we were sad is an understatement. But chin up, you've actually started reading the stories at an exciting time. Now there's a new story, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh! oh. There's more to the brand? I better get some tickets for that. That look at the adventures of the Wizarding World 19 years later, and then, if you fancy going back in time, you can watch the Fantastic Beasts films, which go all the way back to the 1920s, where we meet a host of brand new witches and wizards. Remember, there's no right or wrong way to read Harry Potter books, except maybe upside down. So give them a go, and you can always visit wizardingworld.com if you want to learn more. Might want to buy some merch after that. Oh, I might need to. I, I, oh, I'm enjoying these books. I better, I better start uh, watching these movies as well. Oh, can I buy them? Can I buy these DVDs? I'm so glad the brand is here for us in this really tough time. Nobody knows what we need more than some fucking brands. I just love picturing this like Avengers esque scenario of <laughs> of like J.K. Rowling slamming the button and being like, like. The time is now. I'm going to unite all of the Harry Potter brand managers. We have to do something for the kids. And Scholastic is like, we'll write an ABCs. Uh, and the Bloomsbury team says, uh, we will write three paragraphs about the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be really exciting for the kids, I think. There are some word searches available. There are. So so that's the last part that I think is is worth mentioning. Um if you scroll beyond the link to register for Wizarding World and also to be uh, tempted into purchasing Wizarding World Gold, you have three um, uh, options here. You have try our Harry Potter word search, the first year Harry Potter quiz, and watching our guide on how to draw Niffler. Mm. Now, the word search, the, the word search that they give you is the... Um, the one that you have always been able to play for free, not subscribing to Wizarding World Gold. Because if you remember, Wizarding World Gold, part of the um, appeal, quote-unquote, is that you can get a bunch of like quizzes and word searches and stuff like delivered to your app or whatever and that's that they they count that as like part of the reason to subscribe. Please let me pay to be advertised too. Please, (laughs) WB. And this one that they have put up in the in the uh, the Harry Potter at Home site is the same one that they like entice you into subscribing with, and the reason I know this is because the first time I played that, I noticed that um, right when you look at the word search, you can find the word P P E E like six times in this thing. There's there's PP, there's P, and there's P men all all right <laughs> smack dab in your face when you open this thing. Yeah, and you must look beyond the P to find the words. <laughs> you must look beyond the P to find the words. 
but like it, it's the same one. They did not make a new word search. They did not like unlock any old word, you know, hidden word search content. It is just the one that has always been free on the website. Um, I'm going to say that I, you know, not trying to sound like I'm bragging. I would never be enticed by a word search. Yeah, I'm not paying for a word search. I'll, I'll, I'll do a word search. I'm not paying for that. You know, that's something if, if you put that in a newspaper for me, I'll do it. Uh, not not uh, not subscribing, uh, not paying $80 a year for the privilege, you know. <laughs> but finally, the piece de resistance, this is difficult to like fully talk about in a non video format. But uh, I think it is is worth pointing people in the direction of this Niffler video. <laughs> this um again it's content that existed pre this uh this initiative this was like a a magical mischief month yes yes this was part of so they had this on hand the uh the niffler video has been haunting us i would say for like a week Mm -hmm. at least because yeah like you said it was part of magical mischief month and it is it is a is presented as a how to draw video um, but it, and it's even filmed like one of those like five minute craft things that everyone posts and jokes about mm-hmm. the, res- the resulting drawing is baffling to me. I, I will invite all of our listeners to please go and look at the, how to draw a Niffler video. I'll post it on the, on, on the, 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 the shrieking shack Twitter. I want to know which direction the Niffler is facing. Yeah, it is a, it is a very. It is a twisty little fellow, is what I will say. It's a great video. It's a great video. I can't recommend it enough. I can't really, like I said, I don't want to spoil it. It's hard to describe. But just, like, watch this very surreal video uh, and and enjoy the final product. And please tell me in in the comments, you know, or, or tweet at us, what what direction do you think the Niffler is facing in the video? Also, please please do your own Niffler drawings and oh, send them yes. to us. Do, like, follow like, the guide. Please, please follow the guide. To draw the Niffler. I will do one. <laughs> we, yes, uh, and we'll, we'll post our Nifflers. Post your Nifflers in in uh, in the episode uh, replies this time, I think. Uh, we want to see them. But um, yeah, it is it is quite a guide. But yeah, all of this stuff pre-existing. No new content other than this this uh, uh, bizarre ABC and this um, this little guide to who the characters are. I don't. I, I I don't uh, I don't know how they're getting away with this. It's just an ad because it's the Wizarding World's like relaunch. Yeah, yeah, it's they're, so funny. It's just an opportunity for them to like put this website in front of kids. Like like it is like I want to say it's shameless, but I think they might just really be that dumb. Like like they just <laughs> they just don't understand why this looks funny. Uh, cause I mean like, God, it's not like anyone's, it's not like anyone else is yelling at them. I think we're the only ones who have, who've commented on this uh, with anything, but like, thank you, JK. Thanks Mather for my life. Like you were saying it's, uh, <sighs> well, we have gone very long. This has been a, a, a meaty episode, but I think it's probably time for us to take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah. 
Alright, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com streetcast. Huge thanks to everyone who is still sticking with their subscription right now. I hope everyone is enjoying the content. We have the common room going back up this week after taking a week off. Um, and uh, especially right now, we really appreciate everyone's uh, support. It means a lot. Um, and uh, Liz, what are we reading next week um we're reading chapter 26 it's called the cave i would like to petition to change the chapter name to cave quest but quest it's just called the cave it's just called the cave the art is very nice i will say it's uh i i will say if, if 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 someone has been pulling their weight this book it's uh, 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 Marie Grand Prix, I believe, is the artist's name. Yep. Really good stuff all the way through. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to read The Cave. But before we go, we have to get a little word of wisdom from Emerson Sparks. What do you say? That's great. I need some wisdom right now. All right. Emerson Sparks says, picture a girl with flawless skin. Now, a weird thought. Skin regenerates monthly. So her skin cells, the visible ones, are all dead. She's wearing a suit of billions of tiny dead organisms, yet she's still beautiful. Lesson, beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. That's so wonderful. Thank you, Emerson. <laughs> Thank you, Emerson. Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.